Welcome to Golden Topics, which are personal discussions with a variety of professionals on critically important elder issues. Hi, my name is Mirit Hoffman. I'm a mother of three, a gerontologist, and an attorney specializing in elder law. My focus is helping senior citizens to stay in control when they reach significant junctions in their lives. I am a member of STEP, which is a global society of trust and estate practitioners. I lecture on estate planning and I write on various sites about the relationship between children and their elderly parents and the daily needs of the intergenerational family. These podcasts are personal discussions with a variety of professionals and are intended for anyone who is interested in being enriched with knowledgeable information regarding significant crossroads for seniors. Let's get started. I hope you enjoy it. Anyone else listening, say hi so we know you're here. Um, and maybe I'm sure you'll walk to the chat and if there are any questions, yes, um, definitely. I'll tell me about it. Um, so I'm Rina Yudkowski, or Yudkowski, depends if you say it in Hebrew or English. And I live in Israel as well, in Beit Shemesh, not far from me. And um, I am a geriatric social worker, and I have worked in an assisted living facility as the head of the Alzheimer's unit many years ago when I lived in America. And then when I came here to Israel, I did all sorts of interesting things in the field of elder care, including snoozeland, training in the snoozeland room, if you know what that is, that's a multi-sensory room for seniors. Um, I've done training for um, staff that work with uh, people with dementia. And I've done a lot of um, memory courses and work on memory because I am fascinated by how memory works. So that leads me into the memory coaching field. And based on some courses that I've taken, I created my own course in English. And I put together the stuff that I thought was interesting, the techniques that I thought was were, were helpful to people. And I teach memory courses and I do one-on-one memory coaching with people either that have dementia or that are just worried about it. The fear is very real for all of us. And especially if we're caring for parents or grandparents with dementia, the fear is very real. So without further ado, we are going to do some really helpful tips today um, that are going to really, no matter what age you are, these tips are going to help you improve your memory and even just feel more confident about your memory um, and empowered. When we feel confident and empowered about our memory, then we start to say, oh, I can do this. I can remember that instead of I'm too old for this or I have a bad memory. Uh, I'll just say something funny before I get into the tips. When people meet me on the street and I say my name, and they say, oh, I'm not good at names. I'm not going to remember that. And they don't know what I do for a living. I'm like, no, no, no. You can't knock it away with that with me. <laughs> I hate when people say I'm bad at memory. I have a bad memory. I So I used to like just be quiet and let people say it. But now I'm like, no, you do not have a bad memory. You have an untrained memory. You are not bad at names. You have convinced yourself you're bad at names. And with like a very easy little technique, you can remember my name or anyone's name. But we're not doing names today. That's a different topic. Today we're talking about what it comes to the fridge for, which is four techniques to improve focus and memory. Because this is a very typical problem. We go into the room, a room, or we go to our fridge and we open up the fridge and we say, "Now what is it coming up for?" And this that happens to people of all ages, right? <laughs> Absolutely, it happens to me tons of times. Tons. Yeah, so I want to explain why it happens and a really, really easy, quick solution to that problem. And then we'll talk about some tips to help us. And we're also going to be talking about like, you know, where I put my glasses, where I put my keys, where I put my pocketbook. These are all very typical things. And people get nervous. Like when 
when you keep misplacing your phone, you're like, oh my gosh, what's happening to me? What's wrong with me? We're going to talk about why it happened and what we could do to help solve some of these issues that are pretty universal. So first of all, the fridge situation. So I have the thought in my head, I would like to get the milk from the fridge. And I take however many steps it is to my fridge, let's say 10 or 20 steps. And what happens? My mind goes, oh, I need to send that email. Oh, I forgot to write the check. Oh, what time is my daughter coming home? And what did I want to make for supper? And then I get to the fridge and I open it up and I go, what did I come here for? So is that a memory issue? So I'm saying it's not. It is not that you forgot what you came to the fridge for. Your mind got distracted, in the case I just said, by internal thoughts. But could, it could also get um, distracted by external thoughts. The doorbell, not thoughts, external things, sounds, noises. Um, so the doorbell ringing, your kid crying, a dog barking, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, pinging on your phone. I mean, there's no shortage of distractions. We live in a very distracted world, always, always. We have to try very hard now um, to, what's the opposite of, un, I want to say undistract us. That's not the word. Concentrate. That's what we're talking about. Focus. Or calm us down. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Calm us down. Exactly. And I'll tell you how we do that. So when you get to the fridge and you go, what did I come to the fridge for? It's because your mind was totally distracted, either by internal thoughts or external noise or things going on. So what we really have to do is focus on that task that I'm trying to do, which is get the milk out of the fridge. Not a very difficult task, right? But what happens, so what, what we want to do is, it's, it's so silly, the answer to this, the solution is so silly, but it's as you're walking, you go milk, 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 till you get to the fridge. What does that do? It makes you stay focused on one task at a time, which is the first tip. So I'm going to show you, I'm going to share my screen gray skin because I have a night a very a very nice um see I think I want to I think I want to make this a little bigger if I can one second there you go okay how to improve focus so I have an acronym with four letters t-e-a-s t like you're drinking herbal teas so the t stands for a task one task at a time so when I'm going to the fridge I'm not doing anything else I'm not thinking anything else I'm saying milk 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 one task at a time it sounds so silly but that is the solution to that problem. And then you'll realize that it's not your memory when you get to the fridge and you can't mem remember. You say you can't remember what you came for, but really you got distracted. So as much as possible, we want to stay focused on one task at a time and stop the multitasking. But it's a problem because we were all raised and taught that if you can multitask, you will be so much more productive and you can get so much more done. But it's not true. Our brains are what's called a a sequential processor. Sequential processor means we take in information and then we process it in a, what's a sequence? A sequence means one after another, right? But not multitasking, not at the very same second. So when you have the phone ringing and a kid pulling on your skirt and you're trying to type an email and you go, ah, I can't do all this. It's because you can't. <laughs> your brain is not made to multitask. We, we think we can, and, and when we're younger, we can sometimes get away with it. But as we get older, it becomes more difficult to pay attention to more than one thing at a time. And as we age, we're all feeling that. We're feeling that it's harder to pay attention to more than one thing at a time. And this is the reason that there is such a, a serious fine for talking on the cell phone while driving. Um, I know in different countries, it's different. 
But here it's, I believe, a thousand shekel and eight points on your license if you are caught talking on the cell phone. Why? Can't you multitask? No, you can't. It is really dangerous. In fact, they say that if you talk on a cell phone while driving, they say holding it. Holding is what's illegal, but really, even talking on it is extremely distracting. I'll talk about that in a minute. But they say that uh, talking on a cell phone while driving is the equivalent to driving while drunk. That is how your cognition is not there. And that's how your reflexes are so much slower because you are trying to multitask. Um, now, everyone always asks me, what's the difference if someone's sitting next to you in the car talking to you or you're talking on your cell phone? So again, the cell phone, they, what's the, the legal part is holding it. But really, even if it's on speakerphone, I find it is extremely distracting. So the difference between talking on speakerphone and someone sitting next to you, I always get this question, so I'm just going to put it out there, is um, when you're on the cell phone, even on speaker, it's a virtual conversation. Like I'm imagining that I'm talking to my mother, my brother, my sister, right? I'm imagining the conversation and my mind sort of goes like, like that, right? I'm not focused on driving that car and I'm going to be much slower to step on the brakes. But if someone's sitting next to me, it's not a virtual conversation. It is real life, real time, right here talking to me. It's not as, it doesn't take as much of my cognition. However, what's going to happen if someone is sitting next to me and talking to me and I'm not sure where to turn. Let's say I'm somewhere and I don't really know my way and I'm not sure whether to go right or left and I'm driving and someone's talking to me. What am I going to say? I'm going to say, wait, wait, one minute. I need to concentrate, right? I need to decide which way I'm going because that takes more cognition and then you need more of your brain power and your brain to be uh, focused. So one task at a time um, means really trying to um, get one thing done and then move on to the next thing and then the next thing. So it's not doing things all at once. It's a sequential process. So our brains go, and sometimes we go very fast. We can go, we go one thing to another. But it's to try to finish one task at a time whenever possible. Now, younger people always say to me, but I'm so busy. I can't stop multitasking, right? And I say, no problem. But then you're going to feel um, always like distracted, always like you're trying to do a million things, always um, like you never have enough time and unfocused, um, especially or if you're making a cake and you um, are talking on the phone while making a take, cake, baking a cake. And then you say to me, oh, I can't remember if I put in the sugar and the salt. And then you're going to tell me, oh, but I can multitask. You can multitask to a certain point. So, of course, there are different tasks that require more cognition and less cognition, right? I can talk on the phone and wash dishes because washing dishes does not require that much cognition. Situation, right. Right. So, so there are tasks that require less cognition. But if you try to listen to a class and wash dishes, so listening to a class and you want to remember what you're hearing takes more cognition, right? And you're washing dishes. So you, a lot of people say, I can do that. You can. The question is, how much are you going to remember? And what details of that class are you listening to are you actually going to remember? Um, so that's take, ta take one task at a time whenever possible. So yes, there are times in our lives where we can't. We have too many responsibilities, too many people pulling at us. Um, I always used to say when my when like all four of my kids were talking to me at once, I'd be like, I can't hear all four of you at once. Okay, like you and then you and then you. I will listen to all of you, but one at a time. I cannot listen to four people at once. So, um, and when you when you do this, when you start to do one task at a time, you will find that in the long run, you are more productive. So even though it feels right now like, oh gosh, I'm only doing one thing at a time, 
in the long run, you will be more productive. You will get more done because you're actually finishing the task instead of starting and starting and starting and starting, right? It's actually interesting. Hang on, if I just, if I don't interrupt a second, because in our day and age, when we're so used to getting boom, 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 boom messages and having to respond so quickly, yeah. I mean, forget the fact that email, suddenly email is slow because you have Instagram, right. WhatsApp, and you can have Facebook, you can really do it live and in real time. There's a sort of an expectation of the world to respond and to reply and to do everything quickly, which gives you the expectation for yourself to have to multitask. And that's why people feel when they get to the fridge and they don't remember what the hell they were doing there for, that it's something to do with them, that they have failed. So I really, as you explained, it's nothing to do with that. It's just that it is really impossible to multitask at the same exactly. time to do everything. Exactly. So it's like when it's like think of your computer with a lot of windows open and you keep switching tasks, switching windows. So what do you do? You're wasting time. Like every time you switch windows and look at something else, you're sort of wasting like fractions of seconds switching windows. Same thing with your mind when you switch tasks. When you go from one task to another without finishing it, it's sort of like switching windows. And there's a saying when you're always online, you're always distracted. And we know it's true. Like you said, we have all this technology and social media coming at us. Um, and it's so distracting. Like you literally go from one thing to another and then you don't even know what you were doing. So we, we really have to try, we really have to work harder these days at being mindful because it's the mindfulness that's going to calm us down, center us, being present. You know, how do you feel when you're talking to someone and they're on their phone texting they're, and, they're, and they're not listening to you, you know that. So we really need to be mindful, which means and present with people if we want them to feel like we're there. And we have, this is true of our kids, of our spouses, of our friends, in meetings. Um, the mindfulness is what's going to help us stay centered, bring our brain to where our body is, which we'll talk about soon. That's how we remember where we put things. Because if our brain and our body are in the same place, we can actually remember where my hand put my keys. But usually what happens is I drop my keys down and my brain is either in Honolulu or thinking a million other thoughts. They say we have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot of thoughts going through this brain, right? So I put my keys down and my brain is thinking, I don't know how many thoughts in a couple of seconds. And where are my keys? I have no idea where my keys are because my hand put my keys down. My brain was in Honolulu. So we want to align our brain and our body so that we actually know what we're doing and we're paying attention to what, we, what we're doing. And we will talk more about that with the F. But right now, let's just finish with the T. So we're taking one task at a time. And another interesting fact about multitasking is that it temporarily lowers our IQ by 15 points. It temporarily lowers our IQ by 15 points. We don't want to be multitasking. So the next time someone asks you to do something and you're in the middle of doing something else, say, can you wait one minute till I finish this task? Now, if it's an emergency, that they can't wait. But most of the time, it's not an emergency. And most of the time, your brain needs to focus on this thing in front of you before it moves on to the next thing. Not all phone calls have to be answered right now. Um, not all emails have to be answered right now. Not all WhatsApps have to be answered right now. <laughs> and really, if you want to feel calm and centered, it's about finding that mindfulness of really being present where we are. Um, I'm just going to say a comment for those that are ADD. If there's anyone on here that's ADD, this is even harder, right? Even harder because it's even harder to focus. Um, so that's the 
the T is take one task at a time whenever possible. Whenever your life allows for it, you will find in the long run that you are accomplishing more. Um, I'll tell one more funny story before we before we move on to the E. Um, I was on the phone with my friend, and we were both talking on our cell phones to each other, and we're talking, 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 and then a few minutes later, she says, oh my gosh, Rena, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? She said, I just spent five minutes looking for my cell phone, and she was on it talking to me. That's how distracted, that's how we're so not focused. It's like, she's talking on her cell phone, walking around the house looking for it. We used to call it the absent-minded professor, but really, it's it's a it's a result of this, of multitasking too, too much. So people say they have to multitask, they're too busy. But then they complain about their memory. So if you're complaining about your memory, the first thing to do is one task at a time. I also tell people, when you start to be concerned about your memory, the first thing you should ask yourself is, did I even pay attention to this in the first place? So when you say, oh my gosh, I don't remember where I put my keys, and we use the word remember, I don't remember where I put my keys, Stop and ask yourself, did I even pay attention to where I put my keys in the first place? And if the answer is no, then it's not a memory issue. It's only a memory issue if you actually know where you put your keys. And then you can remember it and then you can forget it. But you can't forget something you don't didn't encode. The word encode is how we get it from long-term memory, from short-term memory to long-term memory. If it wasn't encoded properly, then you can't possibly recall it. And if you dropped your key somewhere and your brain was doing a hundred other things, you didn't encode it properly. So you don't forget where your keys are. You don't even know where your keys are. So the next time you're worried about your memory, ask yourself, did I even pay attention to this in the first place? And if the answer is no, then you know that you need to pay more attention and I have some more techniques. If the answer is yes, and this keeps happening and you're worried about your memory, get in touch with me. Um, I do memory assessments or a, me- a doctor, a geriatric doctor that does memory assessments or a neurologist if you're really concerned. I always am happy to be the, you know, the first sounding board for people to say, this is what's going on. Should I be nervous? And I'll say either yes or no. A lot of times it's this, it's multitasking and it's not paying attention and it's ADD and it's, and you know, and that, that all gets, a lot of that gets worse as we get older. People that are ADD don't get less ADD as they get older. They usually get more ADD, right? So, so um, yeah, I'm happy to talk people through some of that concern and see if it's something more serious or not. So that's the T. There's really a lot to say about multitasking. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> um, it's a very common issue. A lot yeah. of people, that's what they do all day. Yeah, and we think we're doing good, but we're not. We're tripping up our brain. We're really tripping up our brain. So that's the first thing is stop multitasking. Then the E of my T's of this acronym, um, the E stands for environment. Build a conducive environment to remembering. So if you're learning, studying, listening to a class, or reading a newspaper, and you want to remember what it says in that newspaper, you need to ask yourself, is my environment conducive to me remembering this? And if the, so what is our environment? Our environment is disruptions and noise. I know that if there is music playing or kids crying or dogs barking or, you know, phones ringing, I cannot concentrate. If I'm reading a newspaper even, and all that's going on, I have to read, I read the same paragraph a couple times because I cannot concentrate. So my environment is not conducive if there's a lot of noise or disruptions. What about the lighting? If your lighting is not good and you can't actually see well, one of the ways that we take in information is to our vision. It's one of the main ways we take in information, right? What we see. And that then goes on to trying to remember what we see. 
But if we can't see it well, then our environment is not conducive to helping us remember. So it's noises and and vision. So if you're in a room that's dark and you can't see what you're reading, you're not going to be able to remember because you're not taking it in properly. So it can't be encoded as well. Um, what else in the environment? Clutter. If my desk is a mess and I'm trying to really concentrate on environment and on emails, I'm writing emails, my environment is not conducive to concentrating, right? Because there's too much mess going on here. Clutter. So some people are more sensitive to clutter than others. I know that. Um, I really like things organized and neat. Most people like it, but some people have a higher tolerance for clutter. Um, so again, your environment. So you want to make your environment conducive to you remembering. And it has to be, look, and, and your environment is not always going to be perfectly quiet. But if you're trying to study or learn something, you know that your environment is going to affect how you remember. Another example, people go to lectures in a synagogue and a shul and if they're sitting all the way in the back and they can't hear, there's no way they could remember that information. So if you know you have a hearing issue or if you wear a hearing aid and you know you need to be up close to the speaker, go sit up front so that you can take in the information, process it, and encode it so you can remember it. If you can't hear the lecture or class, there's no way you're going to remember it. Um, also, if you have to work too hard, like if you're sitting in the back and you have to work, you have to strain your ear to hear what they're saying, that's just too much effort. It's too much energy, right? Your environment not conducive. Hang on, sorry. What about white noise? A lot of people, uh, actually, music helps them concentrate. They can actually filter it out, sort of like white noise. How does that work with the environment? Right. So, so right. I always say teenagers. Like you know, the, remember uh, maybe when we were growing up, the teenagers with the boomboxes and the loud music when they were studying. So maybe teenagers can do that. I don't think most older people can handle that amount of noise in their background when studying. And um, look, there are some people that do better with either blocking out the other noise with, so white noise is very like um, monotone, right? White noise is, is, isn't really music. White, white is just that, like a fan, right? So some people do like that because it helps them concentrate because it tunes out the other stuff. I personally hate the sound of fans. So it, it is a, um, somewhat of a subjective thing. And I, it could be that younger kids do better with music in the background. I know that I cannot think straight when there's music playing in my house. I, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what it is. But yes, there are different, different types of brains and different types of learning styles for sure. If you know that you work better with music, that's great. Um, I think for most people it's distracting, but like I said, I think some kids, um, it might help them concentrate or at least block out the other noise. Um, but yeah, so look at your environment. When you're trying to remember something, look at your environment and make sure the lighting, the sound, the cleanliness, the organization is conducive to you being able to remember. Because otherwise you're going to find yourself reading the same paragraph a couple of times and being like, what did I just read? Um, so that's the environment. And the A, we have another couple minutes. The A is um, automatically. Don't do things automatically. What does that mean? It means I walk into my house and I just throw my keys somewhere without even thinking. My mind is elsewhere. Or I eat breakfast and I'm just eating automatically while I'm reading the newspaper. Again, we're multitasking, right? And then later someone's going to say, what did you eat for breakfast? I'm going to say, I have no idea what I ate for breakfast. I don't remember. I don't remember because I did it automatically and I was multitasking. I wasn't mindful. But what if I sit and I mindfully eat my breakfast and I really taste the taste and I really watch my food and I don't 
look at my phone, read a newspaper, or talk on the phone while eating breakfast? Don't I have a higher chance of remembering what I ate for breakfast? And also even enjoying it. This is where the mindfulness comes in and the feeling more centered. When you eat mindfully, you enjoy your food, you eat less, and you also um, feel grateful for it because you're like able to pay attention to, oh my gosh, this food is delicious. Thank you, right? So, but we tend to do a lot of things automatically. People take off their glasses and put them wherever, even on top of their head, automatically. Um, anything we do automatically, we're not encoding properly, right? It's not getting our attention. So any of the techniques we're talking about, it's, it's about just giving it a couple seconds of attention. Um, so it's, it's not just coming in and throwing your keys down or it's, it's, you need to be much more mindful about every action we're doing. And it really is just about giving it two seconds of your attention. So instead of just throwing the keys down, it's now I'm going to watch where I put my keys and my brain and my body is going to be aligned. I'm watching where my hand is dropping the keys. Um, I think we're going to, I'm going to stop here because I want to talk about my course. We're, we're having another part. We're doing part two of this where we'll do the S, which is senses, which is the bulk of the technique here is about using your senses to encode that memory. And we're going to talk about how to use your senses to do these things. Lock, know that you locked the door, turned off the stove. Really, really fun part. I want to give one minute of just to talk about my upcoming Memory Matters signature course. Are you very excited about this? Stop, stop, just do this stop of the share and then uh, oh, yeah. we'll talk about it. That would be great. Okay, hold on. Let me stop the share. One second. Okay. Okay, yeah. Um, so the rest of that, we will continue in part two, which is, we said, November 14th, right? Yes, November 14th. It'll be part two of this because I can't get this all into one half-hour session. So the rest of it will continue. Come back. Thank you for listening to another episode of Golden Topics. I hope you enjoyed it and that it provided you with important information. Do not forget to click and subscribe to Golden Topics so that you can stay updated on my upcoming podcasts. And of course, please share and invite family and friends to listen so that they can also benefit from the information discussed here. You are also welcome to visit my website, www.lawmirit.com, and to follow me on Facebook for more information regarding intergenerational estate planning and the various needs of the elderly population. I'm already waiting for you with my coffee in the next episode. Oh.